0: Literary Escape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, The First of Its Kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. In this episode, I am joined by Amanda Cabot. Amanda has been an avid reader all of her life. She agrees with Thomas Jefferson's sentiments when he said, I cannot live without books. She began her writing career at the age of seven when she wrote and produced two plays at her elementary school. God has taken Amanda on an amazing journey from graduating college as a French major to establishing a career in information technology. Now Amanda writes fiction full-time and it is her prayer that her books touch her readers' hearts and strengthen their faith in Him. Welcome to the show, Amanda. And I'm excited to talk with you about your Mesquite Springs series.
1: And I'm excited to be here. I feel very honored that you invited me to be a guest. Thank
0: you. Yes. Let's just start with where your inspiration for this series came from. Uh, Well, there are two parts. Most
1: Most of my readers know that the majority of my books are set in Texas, in the hill country, which is my favorite part of Texas. Not all Texans would agree with me. But first of all, there was the time period. Um, I've done them, I've written books in different time periods. And the 1856, 1857, some historians would tell you that's the golden age of Texas history. Uh, so that was the reason for the time period. The actual inspiration for the stories themselves have to do with our relationship with parents. I've always been fascinated with family relationships whether with siblings or with parents in this series the main characters past with their what's happened in the past with their parents is a driving feature in terms of who they are as people and what happens in the story themselves
0: okay i did not know that the 1850s that that was considered a golden era for well, people who are living there now
1: would probably disagree and say that the current time is, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was before the, well, it was after Texas became a state, you know, it had been an independent country for a while and part of Mexico, but then it became a U.S. state. And this was before the Civil War and the Reconstruction period, which was pretty disastrous for mm-hmm. Texas. Um, yeah. So in many respects, it was it was a good time. It, there was a lot of
0: prosperity and uh, yeah, wow. Um, so were any of your characters based on someone you know? No, I don't do that. Um, okay.
1: Now, obviously, people you know impact you in certain ways, and so there could be snippets of a person's personality. But no, I never base stories on real people. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So in your bio on your website, you thank your husband for traveling thousands of miles to do research for your books. Where did you travel to do research for this series? (laughs)
1: Texas.
0: (laughs) Um, It was interesting because when I
1: first started writing books set in Texas, I had this idea, having never been there, that I would set them in the period be uh, In the era, Era. what am I saying? Location would be southern Texas, closer to the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. But when I actually went there, we drove there, I was like, no, this isn't what I was expecting. Wasn't at all what I thought. And so came back to the hill country, which was a place that we had visited before. And I said, mm-hmm. yes, this is it. This is the part that speaks to me. I mean, I love the terrain there and, of course, Mm -hmm. the flowers. And so traveled to Texas, went to various towns in the hill country just to get inspiration from them because all of my Texas towns are fictional. But again, there are pieces from other towns, from one town here, one town there, that play into it.
0: Oh, neat. Very neat. I, w- one of our book club members was just curious if Mesquite Springs was a real place or not. So that's what she was curious where you had traveled and <laughs> what the inspiration for. So. No,
1: none of them are real towns. Um, that I, I wrote three books set in Wyoming and those were set in real locations. Fort Laramie and, for the first one and Cheyenne for the second two. Those were my mm-hmm. Westward Winds series. hmm and there are a lot of good things about using real locations, but it's also a little bit scary because no matter how much research you do, I always have this feeling somebody's going to come to me and say, you know, there really wasn't a store on that particular yes. street corner. Yes. <laughs> so fictional towns give me a lot more freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. I can understand that. So we uh, we enjoyed how you placed women in positions where they didn't have to pick between marriage or a career. They were able to thrive in both. Was that intentional? And if so, what was your inspiration?
1: Absolutely intentional. And it's because that's my life. Yeah, um, I didn't have to make that choice. And I found that as women, we don't traditionally haven't had as many options as men. But I like to show that that isn't necessarily the way it should be. And in reality, it wasn't the way it always was. Um, mm-hmm. So I let my, my heroines have careers. I had to find careers that were authentic and realistic for the time period. Yeah, um, Clearly, you're not going to have a woman in a high-tech position because high-tech didn't exist then. Right. But I let them have the best of all worlds. They can have a family have a husband, they can have children, but they can still do things besides simply being married. Not mm-hmm. that, that I don't want to in any way denigrate women who choose to stay home and raise their children. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to show that there are other options and sure. that for some women working outside of the house is a viable option and something that fulfills them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Sometimes being a, a mom—I mean, I really consider that a, a full-time job. <laughs> yes. yes. Sometimes when you carry that in a career, you're working two jobs. So. Oh,
1: more than two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> being a mother is a is a twenty four seven job. hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. And being a good mother
1: definitely is.
0: Yes, I would agree. What are some themes or messages that you hope your readers will get out of this story?
1: Well, the same thing they do from all of my books, I hope, which is the healing power of love. When I look back, at first I didn't realize that I had this overarching theme in my stories, but it is definitely the healing power of love. I have characters who are wounded, sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally, but it is love that heals them. The love between a man and a woman and also God's love for us. And when you combine all of that, it's really powerful.
0: Yeah. I noticed too, especially in your third book, um, the spark of love, the love between a father and a daughter, because that was broken uh, until towards the end of that story. So really enjoyed your stories when we read through them. Thank you. So one of the one of my our Tiffany is part of our group, and she is not familiar with Pinkerton agents. And she said that was mentioned with Gabe, your mm-hmm. character, Gabe. He's not a Pinkerton, but he investigates like one. So she was just curious if you know anything about Pinkerton agents.
1: <laughs> it's interesting because when I first plotted the story, I ex- I planned him to be a Pinkerton agent. Oh. And I read some stories about the, the kinds of cases that Pinkerton's uh, investigated. Oh, they were they would go undercover. I mean, they always got their man. Yeah. And it was fascinating. But I was I was doing the research, I realized that it wasn't going to work to have be part of a, a major corporation like that that he needed freedom to work on his own, which was why he wound up not being a Pinkerton, but being a solo investigator.
0: Neat. That's very neat. The Pinkerton agency has always intrigued me. I'd like to do some research on it myself. So, They've been
1: around for a while. You know, they were the ones who started the the logo Private Eye. Mm Mm-hmm. With the eye on it.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're all eager to try the raisin oatmeal pie. And we were just curious, is that based off a family recipe?
1: Well, it's actually, I think you're talking about the oatmeal pecan recipe.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm and sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It is one.
1: It's not a secret recipe. Um, In fact, it was included in a cookbook called Hill Country Sweets that uh, a number of friends and I put together as part of the, well, part of the pre-order giveaways for the first book in this series. Okay. And um, that recipe is so popular and I've gotten so many requests for it that I put it on my blog. And I can send you the link to it if you'd like.
0: That would be great. We would love that. We, we really want to try it out. So
1: I uh, have had several people try it and actually send me pictures of their toys and say, oh, this was really good.
0: Oh, wow. Well, we'll have to try that. I will. I, yeah. If you could send that link, that would be great. I will absolutely
1: send you the link.
0: Thank you. So in this series, did you have a favorite leading male character, one that you really enjoyed? Um it's hard to choose, but
1: yes, Brandon from Dreams Rekindled. Okay. And the reason that he's a favorite is that he's a newspaper editor. Mm-hmm. And one of my early goals, I always knew I wanted to be a writer, but there was a time when I thought I'd be a journalist. And so I never was, yeah. uh, other than school papers, but It was fun doing the research uh, about 19th century journalism. What were the presses, the physical presses like Mm -hmm. involved in doing it? And it was a lot of fun having a writer as a character.
0: So we like to do this when we do wrap up series. We don't always get to interview the author. So we're just very thankful that you were able to do that with us today. So we always like to share. What actor we like to share our favorite characters and then what actor we think could play them if this was turned into a movie?
1: Well, that's a really tough question for me, because although I love movies, I don't watch current movies. So (laughs) any actors or actresses that I would give you are not alive anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, we do pull back like we've said a lot. We stick to historical fiction. So a lot of times we draw on John Wayne. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, then this would have to be Carrie Grant. okay. Or Brandon.
0: Mm. Okay. I will say too, Tiffany, again, she was here earlier recording with me, but she said of all the books we've read so far for the podcast, she felt like this series would make a great movie series.
1: Cool. Oh, I wish. <laughs>
0: she <literally> said, <laughs> I'd love to see it turn into a movie. So would I? Not sure <laughs> that's going to happen, but it would right. be. Right. <laughs> So we'll, we'll flip it around and we'll talk about your favorite leading female character.
1: Evelyn from Out of the Embers. And the reason for that is that she has overcome such tragedy. Mm-hmm. Her parents were killed. And although she didn't actually witness it, she was in the house when that happened. Mm-hmm. Then she builds a life for herself at the orphanage and it's burned. And she yeah. has to reinvent herself by coming to Mesquite Springs and then ultimately opening the restaurant up here. She's mm-hmm. so much. I mean, she is such a strong character.
0: Yeah, she is a, an overcomer, for sure. Did you have a favorite villain that you wrote? Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> Phil Blakesley from Dreams Rekindled. Mm-hmm. And it's because he was such a nuanced villain. I mean, he did bad things. But if you've read the book and you have... You know that there was a reason behind. You may not agree with it, but you understand at the end why he did the things he did, what motivated him. Mm -hmm. And I was also able to give him his redemption. And I have to say that writing that scene was one of those where I was in tears as I was writing it. And I've had readers tell me that they were, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, I remember texting the group and when I read it. Uh, I said, if you haven't gotten here yet, you are going to cry. <laughs> and um, we, when we did our recording discussing that book, I read that scene and we just talked through it. And its it was a very touching scene. And I absolutely love that he was redeemed. It, its I just loved it. So thank you for putting that in there. <laughs> I just
1: had to do it. You know, I mean, and that wasn't one of those things when I first thought about the series that I had planned, Mm -hmm. but it just seemed right. Yeah. As I, the more I wrote about Phil, the more I realized I, I needed to know more about him. And when I knew his background, when I knew what... Had turned him into the person that he was. I knew he had to have redemption.
0: It was a great addition to the story. I loved it. Did you have a favorite supporting character?
1: Nutmeg, <laughs> the dog. <laughs> <laughs> she was so much fun to write. Yeah. And I've heard from readers that they really liked her too, which mm-hmm. is why her puppies got a role in the third book.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, and I loved, um, Polly. She just so Mm -hmm. energetic and positive knowing what she had, has, had been through, um, prior to that. And yeah, her love for the puppies as well. (laughs) I was not expecting nutmeg. So. But it, um, it makes it when I was reading it, I thought I could have a dog. I could do that. Like, no, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> so Yes. Um, are you currently working on a new series? Oh, absolutely. Um, always. In fact, I'm the new series is called
1: The Secrets of Sweetwater Crossing. Oh. And set in another fictional hill country town. Mm -hmm. The first book is finished. It's been through its first round of editing. And I've even seen preliminary cover art. And I have to tell you, I am thrilled with it. Um, I can't wait to share it with people because it's my favorite cover so far. mm -hmm. That book is called After the Shadows. And it will be released March 21st of next year. Okay. Second book in this series is called Against the Wind. That is mm-hmm. scheduled to come out in October of next year. So readers don't have to wait a full year between my books. Oh. There's been so many complaints that a year is too long. That mm-hmm. said let's let's do them more often and then the third book is into the starlight and that is supposed to be out in july of 2024 so, oh that's exciting um yeah it's the, the shorter time frames for writing are being a bit of a challenge because there are a lot of other things going on in my life right now but mm-hmm. i'm really enjoying this series and uh, hope readers will too
0: yeah, well, we will be sure to check that out. I'm excited to to see that once it's out. You said March of next year? March 21st. Okay. First day of spring. Okay. Hey, that's a great way to celebrate. It is. <laughs> Do you have a favorite book or series that you've written?
1: You know, authors aren't supposed to. This is like children. You're not supposed to say that you do, but I do have a favorite. And it's A Stolen Heart, the first of the Cimarron Creek books. Okay. So uh, for a number of reasons, that's my favorite. Part of it was I had written a contemporary series right before that, The Texas Crossroads. Mm-hmm. And when I came back to writing the Cimarron Creek books, it just felt like coming home. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed writing the contemporaries, but I realized that historical is is what I should be writing. It's my true love. so
0: Yeah, I did some write. So I'm an educator and I did as a young adult book mm. and I thought I'm just going to do the independent publisher out and I did that and it went well. I mean, I learned a lot of things from that. But then I thought if I'm going to keep going, young adult really isn't my thing historical fiction is so and you
1: have to find out I mean sometimes you have to experiment mm-hmm. to find out where are you most comfortable what's your true voice as a writer.
0: Yeah. What other uh books, either yours or by other authors would you recommend? Well for
1: people who like historicals, check out Jody Thomas. No, wrong name. Jody Headland. <laughs> I wrote the wrong <laughs> name down. Um, I have absolutely loved her cowboy series that she's done. And she also did a time travel. There are two of them that are fascinating for contemporaries. Uh, you can't beat Irene Hannon and her Hope Harbor series. Mm-hmm. I'm currently reading the most recent release, which is Seaglass Cottage. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best in the series. They've all been wonderful, but this one is really, really good.
0: Yeah. Um, Jody is on our list. I think she will be doing her books later on this year for our podcast. So excited to get into those she's she's just excellent yeah i've not read any of her books before so i'm excited then if you with your recommendation. i'm excited to. yeah
1: um a cowboy for keeps is the first book in i think it's i'm sure i'm not sure it's even a trilogy there may be four books in her cowboy series but um i just thought that one was wonderful
0: yeah exciting Are there any other thoughts that you would like to share about the series or anything you're working on? Well, mostly,
1: I just want to thank you for inviting me to be here. I'm really honored that you've enjoyed my books enough to ask me to be a guest. And I'm happy to be here.
0: Yes, we so appreciate you joining us, too. And I know our listeners do, too. It's nice to get that behind the scoop from the author sometimes. Sometimes, And sometimes you have questions that I just love to know if... (laughs) Things were intentional and what your hopes and dreams were with the books. So, I I will tell you that we rate our books that we read using what we call lassos, a three lasso tier. Mm -hmm. If it's a one lasso, it means we threw the rope and missed. If it's two, we threw it and we hooked the horn, but didn't quite hog tie us. And a three would be you hooked and hog tied. (laughs) (laughs) So, we try to kind of bring in that cowboy theme for us Mm since historical is what we do. I was going to ask the others, and they're not here, to give you what their overall rating was. But I was going to tell you, we all went with a three because we loved the way that you gave little snippets um, from the other characters and the way you wove it together, the mystery piece of it. We really enjoyed enjoyed that. So oh. it kept us turning the page. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that there just isn't much you could say that would make me happier than that.
0: I'm <laughs> delighted. Your Calvin um, and the whole digging uh, where Gabe's trying to figure out what he's doing perplexed me. And it kept me trying to just figure out what I couldn't think of what it could possibly be. You did surprise me on that one. So <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Surprises are always good. Yes. Well, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us. I apologize apologize for the technical difficulty we had at the beginning. And yeah. we would love to, I'm sure, connect with you again once we get to see your next series. Looking forward to read that as well. Okay. So. Thank you for listening to our wrap up of the Mesquite Springs series by Amanda Cabot. We hope you enjoyed the behind the scenes look with author Amanda Cabot. To submit questions for future guest authors, become a patron. You can find more information at LiteraryScape.com. This series and more can be purchased on literaryscape.com, where all purchases help support the show. Patrons receive a discount. As always, like and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on shows and events. Until next time, happy and blessed reading.